Hey, it's Dave. Welcome. Today I'm joined by Emmett Peppers. Once again, we're going to be talking about Tesla AI Day 2, the Tesla Optimus robot, Tesla stock. Tesla just released their production and delivery numbers for Q3 this quarter. So welcome back on the show, Emmett. How have you been? I'm doing all right, Dave. It's been a while since we've done one of these uh, interviews. I got to see you on your trip, though. That was good to you know, get together with you and the fam and stuff. And, uh, that's right. Yeah, I realized, time. um, it's been almost like almost three or four months since our last, uh, um, YouTube chat. So it's been a yeah. long time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, lots of things are going on here. <laughs> I wanted yes. to dive right into it. Um, so Tesla AI day, um, what I'm curious, what was your reaction to the, to the robot, to Optimus? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> there's two perspectives I'm, I'm kind of carrying, I guess one, I was thinking about this a lot, trying to digest it and I'm con conflicted a little because there's two perspectives. One is like, as if I was just like an ordinary sophisticated investor investing in, you know, stocks seriously, you know, for fundamentals reasons and such. And I was investing in Tesla. Like I was in, like, I'd invest in like Netflix or Google or Facebook. And I saw this AID type thing event for Facebook or Google. I'd be, I'd like poo poo it and be like, what the heck? Like this bot isn't anything close to Boston. Dynamic. What the, what are they doing here? You know, like this mm -hmm. is, this is like, I don't, should I invest in Tesla? You know, I'd be like worried, like, this is weird, you know, but, but <clears throat> me as a, and, and you, I'm sure it seems like as longtime fanatics, obsessive investors with Tesla for 10 plus years now, we've seen the evolution of the company go through so much and we've seen like the, you know, these types of like dream ideas come to reality, you know, producing a compelling EV that's affordable, that's profitable, full self driving you know, we've seen so many things come to fruition, you know, after years. Um, so I, I feel like we have sort of an information advantage as, as existing long-term investors that have held, you know, so we have the courage to probably hold on long-term. I, I would think most of us who have been invested for a long time. Um, whereas an ordinary sophisticated investor who hasn't been invested in Tesla for so long, hasn't witnessed everything we've witnessed, they're probably going to miss out and sell, you know, some portion or be likely to sell, you know, short-term, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I think I put a tweet out. Like I think, Tomorrow, with the combination of the production delivery numbers, the stock's probably going to take a big hit. But um, I think medium to long term, especially, this is really exciting. You know, it was a recruiting event mostly, and I knew that going into it. And I think everyone, Elon framed it that way. And almost everything they talked about was like over my head in terms of technicalities. And uh, but I'm excited that they're going to have this kind of a recruiting event every year it seems like going forward and Elon mentioned at the end like a monthly podcast I mean that was pretty a nice little nugget like I think that would be really excellent for Tesla to put on like a monthly podcast like interview Ganesh or Pete Bannon or something you know like for an hour mm -hmm. and go into detail about what they're yeah. doing within I think that'd be great for recruiting just awareness for the world like you know so I think that would be really neat so there's lots of interesting nuggets I took away as a layman not super tech savvy, you know, what, mm -hmm. what about you? What did you think about the stuff? Yeah. I, I mean, hearing you, um, and your reaction is interesting. Um, because with the Optimus robot, I think it's really hard to, um, to process for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And partly because as you're saying, you stick this next to like Boston dynamics and it's, a, it's, it's like, it's nothing, you know, basically yeah. they're barely, it's barely walking. And there's been yeah. many, many companies, many, many robots that have walked and have done many things, even, you know, um, yeah, there's, there's just a lot of outfits that have done that. And so yeah. in terms of performance, 
Um, and then it was a bit hyped up, you know, like Tesla yeah. and Elon, you know, all the hands and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. right? Oh my gosh, this robot is like yeah. <laughs> amazing. And then, and then we see it and, it, and you know, at least the current version um, they're working on, it doesn't even, you know, move um, or walk. And so I could, that's one side. The other side I think is what Tesla was doing is they're showing that they've been doing a lot of work on the foundational tech. So on the actuators, on the actual design and choices, on making things, um, you know, designed for manufacturing, all this stuff that Tesla is investing for the long term. And this stuff, it's not visible in the performance right now because there is foundational stuff. And what Tesla is saying is there's, they're basically saying we're working on all this foundational stuff that's taken us a long time that no other company is doing what we're doing, but you've got to trust us on that. You've got to trust us that we're working on this stuff and it really matters. But then they show the demo and it's not, you know, like that impressive in terms of its actual performance. So I think it can trip people up because they're like, I don't trust you, Elon. I don't yeah. trust you, Tesla. All I see is this robot that's subpar. Therefore it's all a sham basically. Yeah. Right. But for those who trust Tesla and Elon, who've seen the track record, then they say, wow, no, I, we, we believe that you are building the foundational tech, the actuators, design, everything. Yeah. And, you know, the brains with the, you the know, brains. Just, yeah, all that stuff. And we, we know that it's going to work out. Like we know you guys are, are, um, are pushing forward, but that's where the dichotomy of, uh, reaction or police come in, right? It's, yeah. It seems like this whole event is triggered kind of like the whole cynics, the Tesla cynics mm -hmm. and the doubters, the haters. Um, or re-energize them, yeah. <laughs> exactly, right? Because <laughs> it gives them something to latch onto, right? But yeah. then on the flip side, it actually energizes the Tesla bulls or the believers too, because like, oh my gosh, this is the end of like, yeah of all products, meaning this is the ultimate product, right? Yeah, um, yeah. You put the brains in a human body and or in a synthetic kind of, you know, humanoid body form, and you've got something that's uh, almost unlimited. So yeah, it's, to me, yeah, it's definitely fascinating, um, fascinating event and fascinating reaction. It's just yeah. so, so interesting. I think like you said, like the brains is the big thing here, right? I mean, Tesla is building out these neural network brain for you know real world ai and elon said it multiple times that they're the leader in this and i believe they are i don't i mean i'm not an industry expert but i believe in elon you know and i don't see any other company that is close to tesla in terms of getting the data doing what they're doing with fsd in terms of full self-driving in terms of that philosophical approach i mean maybe comma.ai is trying to do something similar on their approach with full self, but they're you know a distant somewhere else. Um, but I think, uh, the brains is the key. I mean, the actual technology being able to build the mechanical robot with actuators, I feel like that hard, that kind of hardware technology can be commoditized much sooner than building the brain software technology that is going to control it. But the good thing is Tesla is an expert on that, on the building the hardware stuff too. So they mm -hmm. can design it in a way where it's easily manufacturable because they're manufacturing expertise. It just fits together so well for Tesla, all of it, where the pieces of the puzzle all come together. Like even if Boston Dynamics did figure out the brain part, they would have no way to manufacture it in any efficient way. They don't know what they're doing. Like Honda or whoever took them over, maybe they could try to attempt to manufacture it efficiently and cost effectively, but they would not be nearly as good as Tesla is at that stuff. So 
Tesla has all the pieces of the puzzle to really make this kind of incredible dream become a reality much sooner than any other scenario I can think of. Yeah. Yeah. I think with the brain, it's interesting that, um, the level of infrastructure and the level of like how many people you need on your AI team to make a, a real brain, a synthetic brain that actually, you know, will compete with human brains and eventually, you know, outperform them in most tasks. Like in order to do that, you, it's, you can't do that with a small team, you know, like, no. the, the, like AI, you need like huge compute power. You need huge data sets. You need huge training, you know, structure. You, you need, you know, it's, it's a whole massive, you know, just, um, outlay of people that it's like, there's, there's only, you know, certain big tech companies that are able to put those resources into, you know, AI like Tesla is doing, you've got, you know, Google and Microsoft and um, Facebook and others um, that have the people. Um, but that's where it's like, it's, it's a limited field in a way, you know, of, of mm -hmm. the companies that are able to really invest like the way Tesla is doing. So that's where um, with robotics, most of the robotics companies are kind of small outfits, like 20, 30 people, startups, you know, working yeah. on robots and they don't have a chance to get the brain, you know? Yeah. Um, and then if you compete, if you compare uh, Tesla to Google or Facebook or Microsoft, it's like these companies don't have the ambition and the focus that Elon has yeah. with, with the robot. Like when Elon latches onto something, yeah. he's like, he can't forget it. You know, he's yeah. going to see it through while these other yeah. companies are now huge bureaucratic, you know, honey you traps. Know, yeah. I mean, they're yeah. just, they have so many products, so many things like, you know, it's, yeah. um, it's a different, um, yeah, different beast for sure. Yeah. It's great when you have the founder still involved so, so much like Elon is like, I think that makes the historic companies historic is when the founders are so involved for such a long, you know, all the way into the growth mode, you know, like it just, it, you know, once the founder, once you have like an instrumental founder kind of leave like Steve Jobs, right? Like Apple hasn't really innovated anything special since Steve Jobs left, you know, like there, you know, there's lots of companies I feel like that just kind of fall by the wayside over time. It's like the, they hit a crest when the founder kind of leaves and they kind of try to stay up there as long as they can, maybe financially engineer things and become more efficient at what they're doing, but they don't take risks or have a vision to really like do something like Elon is pushing forth in, in Tesla here. So it's impressive. It's a risk, um, but he takes risks and they've paid off and, um, you know, what was the buzz like of the people in the audience? I mean, you were there. What was yeah. like the buzz of the audience? Like going into the event, everyone must have been super excited. I saw your live interview and stuff. That was yeah. cool. And what, yeah. what, 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 what did you what, what did you feel like there? Yeah, it was um, it was interesting. I would guess there's there were probably four or five hundred, maybe five hundred people <clears> there. Um, most of them were just kind of Silicon Valley engineers. Um, mm -hmm. Some people actually flew in from other places, but yeah, a lot of people. Um, I met someone um, for lunch. Um, with some other kind of um, Twitter followers that um, I invited. And he had applied to Tesla AI team a few years back. Um, and, but he was, he didn't go there. He, he went to some other companies. And so they had just reached out to him for, with an invite. And so I think they're, they have like a lot of people that, that they're recruiting or they think are in the field, you know, who are, who are interested. And so they invited a lot of those people. So it was, um, yeah, very few investors in the crowd. Hmm. It was almost completely just like, you know, tech, tech, uh, tech folks. Yeah. yeah. 
there's a lot of people that presented too. I mean, there must have been like yeah. two dozen of the engineers presenting different little pieces. I mean, it was a it was a lot of. Um, a, <laughs> I don't think anyone could understand everything everyone was saying unless it was like Elon, maybe Andre, if he was still there, I don't know, but <laughs> I don't know who couldn't really understand all the stuff, all the people were saying with, you know, on, uh, without having to research things, you know, different yeah. you know words or things. I don't know. Maybe James, when you get a chance to follow up with him, he'll probably have some good insights, but I feel like it's, I don't know. Elon probably understands everything that was being said. Do you think he, he has, you know, he knows all those people personally and talks to them each personally, or do you think he's just kind of talking to Pete Bannon, you know, Ganesh and Ashok and letting them kind of manage teams and those teams were yeah, presenting? I would have, I, I think he's mentioned like before that there's like a Knights <clears throat> table. So you know, like four <clears throat> or five others that are kind of the key folks that he meets with the most regularly. Um, <clears throat> but I would imagine that he has a lot of t meetings with those teams. Yeah. Um, to kind of problem solve and get up to date with the stuff. Um, I'm sure there, there are a lot of things that Elon probably is, is, is skips his attention, you know, because it's just such a huge endeavor. It was interesting at AI Day, they had these two, on the outer kind of edges, they had about maybe 15 or 20 tables on each side. And they had these signs on top of the tables. And they were basically the different teams, the AI teams <coughs> for Tesla. Mm -hmm. And inside the hall, it was like no photos and no videos. They didn't want people, the information to get out. Um, and they had like their screens up with some demos and just people talking. And it's like kind of a re recruiting event, but you got to see how Tesla is dividing up their entire AI kind of personnel, like all the different teams. And then it was cool to talk with them and say, hey, what do you do, you know, in the bigger picture? So I got a chance to like talk to almost all the teams. Um, and yeah, overall, they're like super talented, you know, young folks that are ambitious. Um, they all are buying into the vision. And um, yeah, it's a big operation that Tesla has with, with AI, you know? Um, Did you and, find out what like their work weeks are like or anything? I mean, I would imagine they're probably like 80 hour work weeks or anything, but I was curious if like what, if the, what they're, what, if they confirm that when you talk to them or if you ask them about that. No, I mean, I didn't talk to anyone directly about work weeks. I did talk with someone who recently joined the Tesla AI, one of the teams um, from another big tech company that in Silicon Valley, but he was just saying that, yeah, he just jumped in. Everyone's just focused and, mm -hmm. you know, getting the stuff done and he's like super impressed. Um, and he's coming from an, another big tech company that is very kind of well known too. So um, yeah, I think anyone in the AI field at that event, they will come 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 away with some respect for Tesla's AI, you know? Um, yeah. yeah, it's a legit um, serious effort that they're doing. And I, I, um, yeah, definitely for sure. And what do you think about like Elon, first he open sourced all the patents, right? And, and now he's, I feel like they're open sourcing their latest technological developments in this kind of presentation. I mean, on one hand, people are like, oh no, you shouldn't be giving out all the secrets. Or, but I think Elon doesn't care. They're innovating so fast. His philosophy is just like, be open about what you're doing. And I think it plays to their advantage in some ways. It's very different than yeah. what other companies, how, to, how they keep cards close to their vest and only secret teams know about certain yeah. things. Maybe Tesla does some of that, but today or yesterday at the at the AI day or Friday, the, Friday at the AI day, it seemed like they just opened up the book and explained everything they're doing almost. I don't know. I, I, I'm not yeah. sure, but it seemed like that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is interesting to me because, I mean, other companies, they have like some research papers and, you know, they try to, contribute to the community. Some 
companies, they do open source projects, you know, to give back. Um, yeah. Tesla, their approach, it seems like they don't have time for open source per se, but their yeah. open source is kind of like these AI day events where they say, here's yeah. our architecture, here are our latest, you know, mm-hmm. approaches that we're doing that's working. And that's kind of their contribution back to the community. Um, but yeah, I agree. It seems like Elon is very confident that it's not these approaches and these secrets that are going to help them because ultimately mm-hmm. the the talent in Silicon Valley it's is very porous meaning these you know engineers they're switching companies you know left and right and it's really fast too yeah. one day you're working at this company you know and a few weeks later you're working at this other company that you had no idea that I mean it's just it's happened so fast all this yeah. the transition yeah. and so you're not going to keep your people um, chained and tied back and this, their secrets, you know, like yeah. um, jailed up. Um, but what you're going to do is if you have an advantage, it's going to be like the the goals you set that people are buying into, how fast you're moving, right. and then also how fast you're pushing your, your teams, right? And I think Elon is, he's super confident that he's going to push them hard and he's he has super ambitious, noble goals, he thinks, that people are buying into. And he's, he thinks that's ultimately going to, you know, um, take them to the, not just to the lead, but I think also he knows that it's, it's a big prize. And the first company that gets kind of the network effects, the data advantage, this mm-hmm. whole like, you know, this product market fit um, for the AI robots, he knows that that could really basically start the flywheel. Right. Once you start making money, you reinvesting that money, you get more data, all this stuff. It just, um, yeah, it, it, Tesla could run away with everything or mo- with yeah. a lot, right? And so I think yeah. um, Elon is clear that it's, yeah, it's not the the talent per se. It's uh, it's the, it's it's more than that, you know. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Yeah, an interesting data point. I mean, the the dojo and the chips and all you know are, you know the the SRAM DRAM all this density the wafer you know the cooling decentralized cooling units they call it DC like it, all of it's like so over my head like I I probably only grasp like ten to twenty percent of what they're trying to get communicate but I knew it's like advanced right I but I'm trying to figure out like how advanced really is this like of course all the people in our community are going to be like this is amazing the best you know but I'm trying to I try to figure out like okay, how can I check myself that I'm not just like drunk on the Kool-Aid and no matter what Tesla does, I'm going to, you know, so I, 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 I know a guy, there's a guy, Naveen Rao. I don't know if you saw my tweet to him and I retweeted his thread, but he's like, you know, an expert sort of, I would say, and very experienced in chip architecture and design. And, uh, I first heard him on, um, Hyperchanges uh, interview channel after the last AI, AI day. He had, he, and I was, he was very skeptical of the last AI day, sort of kind of like a, you know, didn't think it was that special, the chip they were doing and whatever. And then like six months ago, Matt and I from our channel, we reached out to him and another guy, Gary Marcus, to talk about FSD, full self-driving, and for them to be kind of skeptical on that and just kind of see what they have to say. But anyway, I, I so I have like a little bit of rapport with him and I reached out to him, uh, you know, on uh, Twitter and to see him kind of, you know, as a, as a skeptical, I don't say he's not definitely not a Tesla bear, but he's not a Tesla bull. Like he's just kind of like, skeptical guy but he's an expert in his field and he's built you know he's built a company nirvana that got sold to intel and chip architecture stuff and now he's doing his own machine learning stuff pretty advanced stuff this guy but anyway i reached out and as a kind of a data point i take in is like he was super skeptical of the last day i did but this time i feel like that he's he's kind of like he wrote a long thread of feedback 
And at the end, he's like, overall, Tesla's focused on density for a reason. But he he thinks that, you know, in a few years, it could be a big advantage for them. So this is like a change of a guy who is very skeptical to saying, like, I can see where Tesla is going with this. And in a couple of years, they could be, you know, overtake you know, everyone else in this type of use of the chip architecture or power of it. So like it was a good sign for me to see someone like who's neutral, but very, ex- you know, the expertise in the sidelines just kind of like show sort of a, a, a sort of a change of opinion just on this progress Tesla is making as opposed to being remaining super skeptical. Like, why are they doing this? This is still inferior to cerebrum, cerebrum, cerebrum systems or, or, you know, NVIDIA or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think definitely like, I mean, especially with Dojo, it's something that like, it's such an ambitious project because it's not just the chip and it's not just their tiles or ex- exapods. It's the, all the software and the tooling around it to yeah. even run stuff on, you know, that system that NVIDIA has been working on for years and years and years. And it's it's huge moat that it's just, it, do, it doesn't happen in just a couple of years. And so I think it's, it's, it, it takes it back. It, the indus- people in the industry are taken aback by Tesla's like almost um, raw kind of uh, youthful ambition. You know, like yeah, yeah. like th- it's almost like, are you guys serious? You guys are going to try to take on you know this this crazy project. But I think this year with the Dojo update, it's like, wait a minute, maybe you guys are serious about this. You know, um, <laughs> yeah. so <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's uh, definitely interesting um, how this is going to work out. Yeah, yeah. Um, Curious, um, anything else about uh, Tesla AI? Did you, um, I thought one of the highlights was actually Elon um, uh, playing around with uh, Karpati and saying software 2.0. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the middle of the presentation yeah. or during there, Q&A. Drink. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. what's funny is, is Karpati tweeted, right, that he's like with some friends uh, watching AI Day and they're, saying they're his friends are going to make him you know do some shots if if someone mentions software 2.0 yeah Yeah, so (laughs) elon apparently is like browsing twitter (laughs) during ai day (laughs) he sees this tweet by karpati and then he goes up there and actually says it you know software 2.0 and he laughs about it and they have a joke on stage but to me it's like it's 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 such an interesting interaction because it's like Elon is like joking, jesting. There's this camaraderie going on, and it almost feels like, you know, aha man, Karpati should should be up there with you know, yeah, like these other guys. Um, I don't know. They're what are your still thoughts? Friendly, yeah, yeah. I think that I put something out there. I tried to ask Andre in a, a, a tweet like, "Hey, do you miss working at Tesla?" You know, and and uh, you know, he didn't respond, but I'm sure he saw it because it got a lot of likes. But you know, I, I bet deep inside he does miss. Part of him does. Maybe he's happy with the new direction he's taking, but I bet you he's torn, I would think, you know. I mean, you see this historic company doing historic things that you were like the biggest part of the AI, you know, part. And uh, now they're going on without you. It's got to be a, a little tough to, to, to you know, to watch. Um, but not tough, but just, you know, sentimental or maybe he misses it a little, uh, you know, but it probably doesn't miss the long hours or the, some of the stresses that came with it, I guess. But you know, now he's doing what he really wants to do. I, I suppose I'm not sure exactly what, but you know, more academia stuff. I think. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was interesting. I th- I wouldn't rule out that he comes back to Tesla. I would mm-hmm. I would put it at like ten to thirty percent chance he comes back to Tesla. Just like Jerome Guillen left and came back at, at one point, remember, and 
you know, I could see Andre coming back at some point. Yeah, yeah. But um, I also liked Elon's – I think Elon looked healthy. He, he seemed, you know, yeah, happy and yeah. healthy. I mean, in person, did he look, you know, healthy in person? I mean, on stage, I, he looked Yeah, he looked similar to what people saw in the video. Um, okay. Yeah, I noticed that too. I'm like, whoa, actually, Elon – and it's such a short period of time too. You know, it yeah. just seems like – since the last time we saw him. So, yeah, um, he's on the right track. Yeah, yeah, impressive. I wonder, I'm so curious, how much is he fasting? You know, like, yeah, what, yeah is it what intermittent is he fasting exactly? or multi day yeah. fasting? I'm curious, is he building yeah. it up? You know, it's like, you know, I've done some multi day, I did a like a five day fast. That was the longest I did, but, you know, I've done it in a long time, but I've done a couple like two or three day fasts and yeah. almost all the time I'm doing like intermittent fasting now, like, you know, most five days a week. It's like, you know, I, only eight hour stretches in the day where I eat pretty much. But, uh, yeah, it's like m muscle for me, like building it up over time. It's not easy, but you, once you build it up, you, you know, it, it's, uh, it's sort of empowering. It's like, you can be so much more productive, not having to worry about eating meals too, like preparing meals or mm -hmm. when you're next, we're going to eat or whatever. So there's a lot of advantages. Um, but from your mind, from an evolutionary perspective, some people theorize that like, you know, if you're fasting, then your mind gets sharper too, because it needs to prepare to gather or hunt for food. So you survive, you know? Yeah. So there's, there's lots of theory around it from an evolutionary perspective. Yeah. Also, like I noticed Elon was kind of relaxed. Um, like during Q and a, he was just like getting all these questions. He stayed around after he, he didn't seem like he was in a, in a rush. Mm -hmm. I think part of it was he like, he wants to focus on the recruiting, but another part of it is, yeah, I think, um, there's something about maybe like the the stage that he's at with his companies also with everything. It's like there's a sense of foundation, you know, with mm -hmm. Tesla, with SpaceX and others. And now there's like you're you're pushing the envelope, I say with Optimus and all this stuff, but it's different than like the Model 3 ramp or the first Model yeah. S ramp, you know? It's like, yeah. those were those were like really, really like rough, you know? chewing glass things, events. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is more exciting for him, it seems like. He's yeah. just enjoying himself now developing this stuff, yeah. Yeah, I don't it's know. It's not like much... life dependent on, the, the company's not yeah. dependent on whether it succeeds or not in an X time frame, like the Model 3 yeah. ramp and all that, you know, like this is just like, this company's gonna do well no matter what because of the car business. And now this is like, extra fun, you know, time he gets to enjoy doing really cool engineering stuff here. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how much he like has fun or enjoy. I mean, he, I'm sure there's a fulfillment aspect, but I'm sure it's, it's not rough as stressful. And, rough and painful too. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, production and delivery numbers. Um, Tesla came out this morning, 366,000 production, pretty much, you know, around yeah. what expectations were, but then 344,000 deliveries. This was lower than most people were expecting yeah. um, because I mean, usually Tesla delivers like almost, you know, close, you know, to yeah. the production this time there's a gap of, you know, over 20, like what, 22,000 vehicles, which isn't a big deal in the bigger picture, yeah. but it's something that people weren't expecting, you know, that, and yeah. I think that kind of threw people off today earlier. So what's your take on this? Is there something to be concerned about? Yeah. You know, I think the whisper, sort of the quote unquote whisper number among Tesla bulls, you know, in our community, in my Twitterverse, that's like really all I know is Tesla bull. I don't really, 
know a whole lot of Tesla skeptics or listen, I can't, I can't find many Tesla bears and what they're saying these days, they block me or they just don't publicize as much on podcasts or whatever. Um, but amongst the Tesla bulls, the, I feel like the whisper number was like 380,000 produced and 360 or 65,000, you know, delivered. That was sort of like the consensus number amongst. So this is like, you know, five percent below or a little more than five percent below what uh what everyone expected you know and i think those were conservative whisper numbers people were trying to get conservative some people were like going a little crazy and thinking like 390 or 400 and but you know we always have a tendency to do that but i think everyone tried to stay conservative and then it was below this conservative so i think a little bit of air came out of the balloon amongst the most aggressive tesla bulls and i think the headline numbers and the news will be you is it, probably going to be like deliveries are three hundred forty something thousand below consensus. You know, by twenty thousand, demand is weak in China. Cars are on ports to go over because they couldn't deliver as much in China. You know, that'll be like what's pushed out there. And I don't know how true that is or not. To be honest, um, mm -hmm. you know, part of me wants to think what Tesla is saying that they made a cognitive, you know, a a, a decision to. What what did they, what did Martin call it or, or what did it say in the press? They're, they're going to like not push everything end of quarter, you know. Yeah. But they've been talking about that for like years, if you remember. Right, <laughs> every true. other quarter they That's talk true. about it for like five years now. Like, yeah, we're not going to push the end of delivery. They always push the end of delivery. They always do, right? <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah. Right, you know that. I mean, I, so yeah, yeah, I think there was like one quarter. Maybe they did a little bit less, but yeah. Otherwise, yeah, they they've pretty much done it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I was, I was thinking like next quarter Q4, they'll push the end of a quarter delivery. You know? <laughs> yeah, I think it's they like, will to try to hit like 500,000 yeah, exactly. if they possibly. I mean, I mean, they're trying to also hit their year over year guidance, right? 50% yeah. growth. And so they're like, yeah. let's do it. Let's make it happen. Um, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if there was some type of, you know, kind of softness in China in September. Um, maybe they had to ship some cars out, but probably also, yeah, the transport prices were probably high. Because yeah. Tesla is filling up a lot of the boats and different stuff, you know, out there probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, I mean. It's, um, it's it's a tough pill to swallow a little bit, but yeah. it's just a small, like, I do believe they could reduce prices in China. I don't think that's out of the question, you know, 5 or 10%. They've been increasing prices everywhere globally. I don't know what China's economy is like on the ground. I don't, I'm not yeah. in China. It's a huge economy and maybe they're in a recession like we are that's worse and i don't really know what's going on on the ground in china it's like it's hard to understand from pundits on tv or i can't trust the media like i'm not on the ground like there's so much you know propaganda within china and there's so much propaganda against china it's like you don't really I, I feel like i don't have a trusted source on the ground in china to know exactly what's going on there what do you think yeah you yeah think yeah i mean yeah, I'm kind of um, holding off until earnings call to see what Tesla has to say a bit more about it. I'm not too concerned about China. I think, um, mm -hmm. like, there's a lot of like sensationalism with China. Like, like say on YouTube, all mm -hmm. these videos, are like, oh, China's economy is about to collapse and all this. Yeah, stuff. it's been going on for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like, but Real I think bubble there. Yeah, exactly. You know. Um, and I think part of a lot of some of it is wishful thinking um, mm -hmm. that it's going to collapse, like in the sense of just like sensational collapse. But yeah, I mean, China's economy is pretty strong. I mean, they mm -hmm. go through ups and downs like any economy. There'll be cycles, right? And there'll be yeah. recessions, et cetera. But we're talking about, you know, this is the second largest world power and yeah. they've built this economy over many decades. 
Um, and there's a lot of wealthy people. I mean, China is the number one luxury car market out there. Mm. And so this doesn't, this stuff doesn't go away in like one quarter or yeah. you know, one year. Um, the yeah. demand is there. The money is there, you know, there, mm. <clears throat> um, so I'm not concerned too much. Um, I don't even think this delivery number changes anything in terms mm -hmm. of Tesla's business, their outlook, their company, even their financials for the next like six to 12 months, because like they can still produce the same amount of cars that they were planning to next quarter yeah. and deliver them. Um, yeah. It's just that these cars will be delivered next quarter. So it's just moving some of the financials to next quarter. Yeah. And it's not gonna slow them down in 2023 either. So I don't yeah. see like a slightly lower delivery number doing anything negative to Tesla in terms of their financials their or how fast they're growing or stuff. anything, right? Yeah. The only thing I see is like, it's a bad look. You know, yes. it's like, it's a surprise. And in this volatile, tenuous, you know, <laughs> macro environment, it's like yeah. people pounce on that stuff, you know? It's like, yeah, yeah. They, they just do. want to tank the stock, you know, any, any bad news. <laughs> yeah, short that thing, you know? People yeah, exactly. Traders or whatever. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. it's like, um, I told my wife um, uh, over lunch, I'm like, oh yeah, Tesla delivered or announced slightly low, like lower than expected, you know? Yeah. And she's like, oh, how much? I'm like, about 20,000. She's like, oh, bloodbath tomorrow. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, are you? No, no, no. <laughs> I, was trying to like, I was trying to like tell her like, and I don't think it's that big. But then that's the thing. The, the reality is the market is like, is on tippy toes, you know, right? I, and so, I, yeah. yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, a, a drop tomorrow. But then I think, we could see a bigger drop if tomorrow is bad for the market too, you know? Yeah. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. Rough. Yeah. It could be rough for Tesla investor. It could gap down big at the open and then it could, you know, if the macro market, you know, recovers, Tesla could recover much faster and today positive even, you know, you yeah, know, yeah. That could happen too. And maybe it's a buying, maybe a bunch of institutional investors who yeah. closed out a bunch of positions end of Q three there last week or, you know, in September, they're looking to get into something. Now they're like, oh, this is our opportunity to buy, get, start, start a position in Tesla or increase our position in Tesla. And maybe that kind of psychology with institutional investors, if enough of them come on board sooner than later than maybe tomorrow and maybe the stock pops somehow. So you just don't know one day what's going to happen. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's down even 10% tomorrow, if the macro market is down two or three or 4%, you know, mm -hmm. what are futures like right now? I was checking before and it was down between 1%. The NASDAQ was down between like half a percent and 1% China gyrating. Yeah, okay. Seems, yeah, yeah. Seems Actually, like. Yeah, half, half a percent NASDAQ. Not bad. Yeah. It's not crashing. Um, yeah. Not terrible yet, but it was yeah. down 1% not long ago. Yeah. Yeah. So um, curious, what's your uh, take on the overall market? Um, you know, we just this past last week on Friday, you know, the market, the indexes basically broke through. Um, some of them, their, their, their uh, one-year lows uh, from June. Um, there's a lot of, you know, doom and gloom. People are saying it's going to go down. Um, yeah. What's your kind of overall take? Um, are you, are you bearish? Are you neutral? Are you bullish? Or yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd say I'm uncertain, but I'm more bullish than bearish in terms of, I think we're closer to the lows than we ever, than we were to the previous highs. You know, like if you, if you have the high and whatever the low is gonna, then the middle line in the middle, I think we're below that middle line. <laughs> you know, uh, sure. so 
so because we're below that little line, I'm bullish, you know, and and I don't know how far below we are to the middle line to how close we are to the low, but I feels like we're kind of by the lows here and that um, it doesn't mean we're going to necessarily get right back up, you know, but it might dance around and it, whatever it is, is if the market stays stable, that if it at least stays stable, if it recovers, that's really good for all stocks, right? But if it at least just kind of stays stable, stabilizes itself, that's really good for Tesla in the medium term, in my opinion, with the next couple quarters, earnings reports, delivery, you know, if the market can stay stable while Tesla is growing emphatically, then Tesla stock, in my opinion, is going to go up uh, significantly, even if the rest of the market is just kind of trading sideways, you know. So if the market continues going down, it's going to drag Tesla down with it, no matter what Tesla is doing from a business perspective, though. That's what I'm, you know, I just don't know how much further down the market can really go. Um, but the Fed yeah. seems intent on pushing us into a recession, just destroying the economy. It's just hard to know if the Fed is really doing that to fight inflation or is it just trying to fight inflation expectations primarily? I don't I don't know. It's just a sort yeah. of it's conflicting signals they've given the last few months. Um, do you have any thoughts on them? And macro markets ridiculously like impossible yeah. to predict. But what do you think about it? Yeah, I mean, the lower the market goes, the more bullish I get. And because mm -hmm. I'm looking, I, I'm not looking for like the one year return. Like that's not um, like, that's not that interesting to me, but mm -hmm. like it does get to a point where I'm like, wow, this is at, at certain opportunities. If you have a five year horizon, time horizon, mm -hmm. I think it, it becomes like a no brainer to be bullish. Right. And I think um, we've entered into that kind of realm where it's actually, if you have a five year time horizon, like, yeah, there's like, I, I think little reason not to be bullish. And I think a few things going on. One is um, the market can turn very fast. And once we see, let's say, inflation coming down, yeah. um, once you see the Fed pivoting and saying, hey, you know, um, the like, inflation is trending down, expectations are, you know, coming down, et cetera. Um, you could see kind of this reversal or this more, you know, hands off. And I think that could just trigger just this super fast, you know, rally yeah. back, but we don't know exactly when that's going to happen. But if you have a long enough time horizon, then you can say, Hey, you know, this, um, what are the chances that in five years will still be, let's say NASDAQ, whatever, 10,000 something. Right. Um, yeah. the second thing going on is with inflation, I think people are miss are not only mistaking. They're not, they're not, um, I mean, inflation has its obviously negative, especially with interest rates going up and, you know, multiples coming down, all this stuff um, with discounted cash flow, all this stuff. But the positive of inflation regarding stocks is, is once the, there's a recovery in the recession, in, in a recession, like once you come out of a, start coming out of a recession, inflation basically changes the, the units, meaning your earnings go higher because, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, um, depending on how much, you know, how much inflation there was in that period, but you're going to have higher earnings because yeah, of inflation. And mm -hmm. I, that just means stocks go higher. I mean, the pricing goes higher. So even though the, the, the stocks are, are stock market is going down right now, there's a, there's a inflation element adjustment that, adjustment that people are not looking at right now, mm -hmm. you know, and they'll see it after there's a recovery yeah. and after 
you know, the economy gets out of a recession, then you'll see, I think, this boost up in, in stock prices because earnings are higher, because yeah. the prices are actually higher overall. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm kind of tempted personally. I'm like, wow, what a fantastic time to start like a fund. You know, it's like right yeah. now, like, yeah. or, you know, this, this, this uh, Q4 quarter or something, or yeah. just, it's just, you don't have to be a genius. You could just like, just have a five year horizon. Yeah. The chances are, you know, you'll do very, very well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I'm more and more just, uh, I, I, even though I'm not really um, interested in index fund investing and all this stuff or fund, whatever, I, I think the NASDAQ, I just go back and back to the NASDAQ. Yeah. It's got some great big tech company names. Um, I think it's got a great future ahead. Um, what, a, what a great little index to be invested in. Yeah. Um, if, you know, obviously, you know, I, 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 I cite to Tesla as being, you know, a better yeah. reward, but yeah. um, for those uh, more risk investing. risk adverse and wanting kind of more diversification, um, yeah, a NASDAQ in the 10,000s, like, I mean, it could go lower, it could go lower, yeah. who knows, but yeah. I mean, yeah, long-term, yeah, looking, yeah. looking good. It's like it. Dow Jones, when I was growing up, was like the index everyone filed. Then it evolved into like the S&P 500. But I think it's slowly, like you said, migrating. Everyone, younger people, tech investors are realizing the NASDAQ is is a better index, you know, long term now. Yeah, yeah. Um, any kind of new companies that you're looking at um, as some of these companies get hit even harder? <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, nothing new that we, uh, you know, nothing. We're still focused on uh, Rocket Lab, Lemonade, and Roblox as the other three companies that we mm -hmm. talk publicly about that we really like. That we're still, you know, we we really um, increased our exposure on Tesla. You know, it was never like twenty five, twenty. It was always, you know, Tesla was always like a large, the largest portion of our fund. But now it's like even more of a large portion or Tesla exposure is even more a large exposure of our fund. Like, you know, so the other positions are still there yeah. and, uh, you know, we are still believers in them <laughs> medium to long term. Um, so yeah, lemonade is really interesting. I mean, they're putting these plans together to, you know, not have to raise capital again to just kind of grow organically and, um, get you know I, you know we'll see what happens it's sort of a binary outcome you know they either get over that hurdle where they don't ever have to raise capital and they're just kind of self-sufficient growing and growing you know and they're valued much differently versus right now um but it's only a one billion market cap company like it's a completely different animal than tesla which is like close to a trillion thousand times bigger than lemonade right so lemonade is just like this tiny 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 little company and people are like well what about tesla insurance isn't going to make it absolutely i'm like yeah tesla insurance for teslas but all the non-teslas out there they need some car insurance lemonade could be a could be a good option you know and even if they get a piece of you know one billion market cap that's like so tiny compared to the addressable market they have option you know capabilities for so anyway i'm yeah. really excited about the possibilities of where that market cap could go in the medium term even uh you know the next 12 to 18 months so we'll see i know you studied that company a while back um, but you know, it's, 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 it's gone through a lot of growing pains in terms of its valuation and, uh, but it's consistently grown its, um, client base and, and offerings. So, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Lemonade. Um, yeah, I've, I'm not, I'm not thrilled about lemonade actually. Yeah. I, I mean, I still have a small position, but I, I, they're, 
the product、uh, kind of differentiation isn't、mm-hmm. as strong as I, I I want it to be in a product. From a cost you perspective, you no, mean? just like like, am I dying to get lemonade insurance? Of course not. Yeah, over yeah. Geico or something, right? <laughs>、yeah. Let's say for your homeowner's insurance or your、yeah. auto insurance, are you like, oh my gosh, I gotta get lemonade over Geico? <laughs> it's like. I don't know, you know. It's like、yeah. it's a tough one, you know. You've got to have like that. There's got to be something, you know. And so far, Lemonade has, has been kind of like the low cost renters insurance and lo-、mm-hmm. whatever pet insurance, whatever. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you get that product differentiation that、um, Lemonade needs to、mm-hmm. fuel like super fast growth, right?、Mm-hmm. Um, it's a big and, risk. Yeah, and it's like usually. You know, in a new field, you might do like、um, new technology or something, right? But it's like, yeah, I'm a little skeptical on on the exact you know value that Lemonade's tech. I understand it does. You know, they're efficient. They do claims fast, signups fast. You know, all this stuff.、Um, but it's like, is that really enough when these other insurance companies are going through kind of their own tech changes? Um, mm-hmm. And you know some of these insurance companies aren't terrible. Like I have、mm-hmm. Geico, and I call them up. They answer the phone. You know,、yeah. they they like change. The, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like. Yeah,、um, yeah I mean, but, it could certainly yeah. It, lemonade could sh- certainly be bought for pennies on the dollar at some point for what it's worth now.、Yeah. That's certainly yeah. a realistic option.、Um, but there's just it's 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 a. It's a binary outcome, is the way I think of it.、Yeah. There's kind of like no middle ground for lemonade in the medium to long term. It's either going to be like bought for pennies on the dollar because there's nothing too sexy. It's not growing enough. It's got too many costs. Can't raise capital, so Geico buys them or someone buys them for a fraction of what they're worth now in the market at some point, or they succeed, right? So、yeah. it's just the probability on the even if they only succeed twenty or thirty percent chance, their market cap could go up. You know. Make it pay off if if that's what you believe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like there is a category of companies that、um, I think could be interesting, and this category is kind of these potential generational companies that were previously too expensive by most、mm. metrics, right? But have、yeah. come down, and perhaps they might even come down further to the place where they actually get super. They get attractive. You can actually. Like value them with reasonable, you know, metrics and multiples, but some examples that you know I've been thinking about a bit is like Nvidia.、Um, like Nvidia's five to ten year outlook is is, I mean, it's pretty strong. I mean, I, yeah, sh- they're like getting you know,、um, I don't know, just like attacked. I don't say attacked, but like sentiment has, has swayed way against them.、Mm-hmm. Um, but their ten year, five to ten year outlook.、Um, I mean, AI is huge, and Nvidia、yeah. is huge.、Um, they're like the one of the companies I think that's going to benefit a lot. Another company that has potential generational, you know, company I think status could be Airbnb.、Mm. You know, when I looked at them at IPO, I'm like, oh, kind of pricey. It's hard、yeah. to justify. I don't know、yeah. what price it has to come down to where I could, you know, justify the metrics, but. You know,、um, and I do have some qualms about Airbnb. Sometimes I feel like sometimes they're taking too much money from you know, yeah, in terms of fees and all this stuff.、Yeah. Um, another company potentially is like Shopify.、Um, depends on their valuation.、Um, depends also like in the fi- the fintech space, you have p- companies like a Square or in the private markets,、um, Stripe.、Um, so yeah, there's a bunch of these companies that 
I think we're just high flyers in terms of multiples and valuations and have really come down um, that um, I think deserve a, a, a second look. Um, they're here to stay, you think, and they're going to yeah, grow into yeah. a business. I kind of feel like these, th these kind of crashes and, you know, recessions are times where you can pick up these generational companies. Like one exercise I was doing the other day, I was like, okay, forget stock prices, forget valuations, even market caps. Yeah. Let me look through all the companies I follow, et cetera. Let me just see what do I think are the handful of companies that I think are generational, like really stellar companies that in 10 years are going to be much, much bigger. Mm -hmm. right? And who cares about valuation? And then you the blue find chip those, stocks of the future. Yeah. Yeah. have a lot of growth. Ahead. And then you kind of, you know, um, look at the valuation um, um, to see, yeah, what you're willing to pay. Um, there are some crazy companies that are doing like, um, I was looking at the Redfin a bit. I'm like, man, mm. this, there's some companies that have come down in value so much that they become like value plays. Like, but then yeah. it's scary because you don't know like how long they're going to be around. So the, the, the bet is like, is this, can this company come out of where they're at? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. There's, yeah, there's some big companies, there's some companies that really, um, have, have come down a lot. Um, have, have you seen honest company there, their their market cap? It's like crazy. No. Um, Which company yeah. was that? Honest? Honest said? company. So they have a bunch of products in like all these, uh, markets, health, mm -hmm. health markets. Okay. Um, yeah, their their valuation is just like tanked. There's a lot of fire sales right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can pick the ones that'll stick around. You'll do yeah. be greatly rewarded. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think you know, it's good to do that exercise you said. Just kind of like ignore market caps or even look, don't even look at stock prices. Just look at a bunch of tickers and the companies they represent, and then, you know, which ones do you think will be a big part of the future? You know, and then without ignoring the how the stock's done ignoring the stock price completely just like which brand do you think will yeah. be for the future almost yeah and yeah. yeah i think all the ones you named i think yeah there's a high likelihood that they're all going to be a big part i mean how about airbnb the board the the co-founders on the tesla board that's, right. Now, right? Yeah. Yeah. that's interesting i wonder if there's a strategic partnership in the future there somehow i don't i don't know um, yeah yeah i I'm, I'm hoping that like there's some type of relationship elon has with you know with him, mm -hmm. um, I want. I like to see people that Elon can get along with. Um, I like to see for, uh, founders on the board because mm -hmm. yeah. they understand that Elon needs his space. You know, um, what I don't like to see is I don't like to see um, kind of professional board bureaucratic folks that just like you know are sticklers to whatever law and like yeah. are coming in to like you know, lay things down like that yeah. to me is actually one of, is a big risk for Tesla going forward is if you have more and more of those type of board members come in and then you've got this like tension, right? A dissension yeah. in the board that really just impacts. Yeah. A lot of things. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. What did you think about Elon's comment at, at Tesla AI day where he's like, Tesla is the best structure, single class public company to basically steward, right, this AI robot kind of future, because if he does things in that people don't like, if he, you know, directs it in the wrong direction, people can vote him out. Um, yeah. How realistic is that, though? I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. I, mean I think it seems like he'd really have to go off his wagon mm -hmm. for people to vote him out, you know, like, but I think it's a possibility then, you know, if he's really turned to be crazy and like becomes, you know, the guy, what's the guy's name that found Pan Am Airlines that went crazy. I can't remember the guy's name, but yeah. he went crazy. There's a movie about him and everything. So 
there, you know, if he goes really nutty and he becomes like has dementia or just paranoia and just gets like nuts, then yeah, I think that this structure allows for would realistically uh, vote him out at some point. You know, there'd be, but if it was a private company, maybe that wouldn't happen, and he'd just go nuts and AWOL with this mm-hmm. incredible power he has. You yeah. know, so yeah. I think there's some merit to what he's saying. Um, and it's better than the government being in charge of this kind of stewarding this technology. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I think there's some merit to what he was saying. Uh, you know, I, I don't see, realistically see him getting voted out though, uh, ever unless he actually goes literally nuts though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, my uh, camera battery dies. I'm gonna use my laptop uh, <laughs> camera right now. Um, yeah, so I, um, yeah, I, I think it's interesting. Elon was, I think, comparing Tesla to Facebook and Google. Mm-hmm. They have different class shares. You could basically never kick out Zuck and you know Larry Page and Sergey Brin. And so um, he was, and Google and, and Facebook have a lot of AI, you know, um, expertise mm-hmm. there. So probably mostly Google, like Elon is, is concerned about. And so he mm-hmm. looks at that and he's like, well, Tesla is a much better company structure to have mm-hmm. um, kind of the, to have for building and stewarding AI robots. And so, um, yeah, I, I mean, I would agree in that sense, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. It was a good, com- it was an interesting comment. He sort of said that in the beginning, right? I mean, it was a point he wanted to make clear. In the be- I hadn't heard him mention this yeah. in the past, so it's always interesting. Like a lot of times, Elon and his presentations or in his interviews, he's sort of kind of regurgitating pa- points he's made in the past. He's asked a similar question, for example, and he's just answering. But it's always nice when you have a presentation or something like this where he's spitting out like new ideas or new thoughts he hasn't really expressed before. And I feel like I haven't heard him express that particular kind of first principles thinking about structures of companies or, you know, yeah. I guess that's what you would call it. Um, but it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think it makes sense. All right. I mean, um, yeah, fun chatting. We've got a long yeah. week ahead, I'm sure. Um, lots yeah. of things. And um, yeah, we'll, um, yeah, definitely touch bases again. And um, anything else? Um, uh, no, yeah. I'm just excited to see your channel. Your channel's grown so much, uh, you know, and it's, I don't know, you got hundreds of thousands of subscribers. I don't know. <laughs> You've done a really good job. And uh, I'm excited to see how many amazing, you know, interviews you're going to be able to get going forward, you know, with the weight of, uh, the, how big your channel's gotten. So it's fun to see where you can go from here. Cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah I'm back, back in Austin. I finally have like, you know, a space, uh, to actually do videos now. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, be, if your uh, YouTube channel record. was a stock, I'd buy long-term call options. In it. <laughs> I should, I definitely need to share this uh, clip with my wife. I know yeah. she watches actually all my videos. So she'll, she'll <laughs> see it. <laughs> She's always like, where is Emmett buying any call options on anything lately? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it could be in this long period where it's yeah. not, uh, a good idea necessarily to buy long, not a good value to buy long-term call options in Tesla. You know, the macro market could, could, you know, be depressed for a long time potentially. And that would not be good for long-term call mm-hmm. options probably. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. Um, I mean, take care and uh, we'll talk later and cheers right. to everyone watching. We'll okay. see you guys later. All right. All right. Bye. Bye.